Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it's a one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Marley! Over. Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Doing all right, actually. I have my expectations almost on the ground at this point. Um, but joking aside, I, I have another local club here in the States that's kept my spirits up. So how are you Carver, doing? Carver, we've said it enough times. You don't have to be <laughs> subtle about it. We live in St. Louis. We love St. Louis City SC. We love it. And that's all we're going to discussed but yeah, uh, it, yeah i will say so we all right i'm gonna get into it it's fine hope everyone stays with us after this if you're not if you live outside of st louis i hope you continue to listen to the rest of this episode after this but all i'm gonna say is champions league started this week then st louis had a match on wednesday night it was just like it felt exciting it was like oh it i know is it's not champions league but it was just fun having a midweek match to go to Mm-hmm. On it, like on a midweek match night, while Champions League started, it was it was cool. Um, yeah, yeah, so, a lot of midweek so, football. So good vibes from that. Maybe not as good vibes from Dortmund. Um, it has been a while since we've talked. There was the international break, and then uh, with the two matches in a week, we wanted to wait a little bit longer, at least until after the the PSG match, so we could recap both games and have a lot to talk about. Uh, quick from the the international break, though. Obviously, uh, Germany played a game at the Westfalen Stadion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of Dortmund players on the roster. Not as many actually played, especially that that game in Dortmund, um, where they beat France four to one after they fired Hansi Flick as the German uh, head coach. So I know there's already like there's the the talks. Of I know before international break we were talking about Terzic and and what could happen. He's got big games coming up that could decide things. Um, and then you throw in this Hansi Flick news. Since Carver, we haven't actually talked about this. Is that a name or is that a person? Or did did that firing like pique your interest? Is like ooh maybe this is someone for a future thing? Or is it too too soon to think about that? I haven't thought about Hansi Flick actually. Um, and now uh, today the nose is broke that Nagelsmann has will be appointed for the German national team job. So he's out of the question now. Uh, the other person I was paying attention to recently, to be honest with you, was Ten Hag. Um, Ten Hag, Ten Hag. Ten Hag. Um, and not, not because he's like potentially deserving to be sacked or anything at United, but just because United are in such shambles at the top. I mean, so are we, but United are like a whole nother level of corrupt and just backwards as a club. And I feel like they could be a little reactionary and maybe sack him if it continues to not go that well. And, uh, you know, Ten Hag just kind of being like, I can't do this. You know, I can't try to juggle everything. He's just a coach. But um, no, to answer your question, I've not thought about Flick. <laughs> I mean, do you have any thoughts on it? Is that something that would, does it, the thought of that kind of excite you? Or I know, and, and, I mean, Terzic is still our head coach. And, I think the last time we talked, we were both like, like he, like I think the pressure is already 
on him. I don't know if they're like if the pressure's on him from the board or anything. Um, we basically said like he's got these kind of upcoming two matches. I was thinking maybe a little more time. Um, I'm not saying get him out necessarily, but like he's definitely got to prove something. And I, and I don't know if these matches helped him helped his case by any means. Um, of course, Freiburg, we got that comeback win, but I still have a lot of thoughts about that match that we're going to get into. But um, I mean, would you would that excite you if the, if that Hansi Flick was a an option? I mean, it's something I would definitely want to look into more. I don't know. I don't really have much of an opinion on it right now. All right, we'll we'll get to it. Mixed another, feelings. Another day, then. <laughs> um, just just throwing it out there. And if if anyone else has thoughts, like I, I know people always got thoughts. We support Dortmund. I mean, it happens. No matter who you support, you're always going to have thoughts. But I know people have thoughts specifically about coaching and and stuff. Uh, so if you want to reach out, this is a good plug for our social media. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at the BVB Podcast or at the BVB Pod. Um, but let's just get right into it. Like we were, we talked about that Freiburg match, we got the win. We got three points. Exciting comeback. We won four to two. Um, but I mean, initially, and even watching that game, even seeing the comeback happen reflecting on the game i'm still like god that was a terrible game like i don't feel like we won even though we did we had to come back one more like your thoughts on it initially yeah we did we definitely got the result and i mean the performance we'll get into but there wasn't much expectations for psg either but i was saying on the last episode that terry should have a reaction by these next two games um and there were moments where I thought there was in this Freiburg game, and then kind of reality came slowly crashing back down as the game progressed. But, um, I mean, I didn't have any other thoughts besides that going into it, did you? Um, no. I mean, except that, again, it seemed it was very, like, underwhelming. Uh, Hummel's brace is awesome in its own right. Like, I love that. Uh, but and and congrats! I think he's the first player who broke some kind of record, like scoring in fifteen 16, consecutive yeah. sixteen consecutive seasons. Uh, so all the love for for Matt's Hummels, and I have uh, been a, a fan of Hummels. Like I, I think we we back him year after year, even as he gets older, and people are like, why is he still on the team? But I I think he's been still the last couple of years one of our uh most solid defenders, even in these later years. But despite the Hummels brace. I feel like this match was just sloppy. Uh, again, it didn't excite me until maybe the end when when we we came back and won. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like uninspiring. I think you said that earlier. And just I still don't feel like we won that match. Yeah. So I mean, let's let's talk how we set up here. We got um, pretty typical lineup as as you would expect. But now you have Rearson coming in for Wolf. Uh, it's only really contrast these compared to these last few Bundesliga matches. The system, though, is, however, slightly tweaked. You have Chan sitting uh, higher up the field, sure, uh, but the positioning from him and the center halves aside, the midfield is still close to non-existent right now, and the back line is clueless in build-up play. So, you know, this this international break, you would expect again, a reaction from these players. And, and now you're kind of wondering, are the players simply just not listening to Terzik anymore? Or is he just that tactically incompetent? And, you know, I'm trying to get him, give him the benefit of the doubt here because it's it's not like he isn't someone that does try to correct his mistakes. He's 
made that uh, clear in the past, not only with just from his own words, but also there's a, I think there's a handful of games you could definitely point to as well where he's patched some things up. But again, you have this whole international break to address some of the core issues with our style of play, particularly in attack. And it looks like there was just little to no solutions created, or at least they were not taken into account by the player them, players themselves. So jumping into the lineup, like the full lineup, I will say like when I saw this lineup initially, my thought was this looks like what, what I would guess our best 11 is at the moment. Um, maybe Sabitzer is the, the question mark because I, I would say, and this is lo- looking at this game and the PSG game, is now looking at like, so it's like retrospectively a little bit, like maybe Roy slots in there mm-hmm. instead. And, and now, given the performances, Maybe it's it's because he's coming on late. He's able to be more of an impact player. But I'm like, why why not give Royce a start? From what we've been seeing from everyone else, but Benzabi Benzabini left back, Schlotterbeck, and Hummels in the center. Obviously, we've talked a lot about that. Could probably Hummels, Sule, they're kind of interchangeable at this point. I think uh, Rierson right back, Sabitzer, Chan, Brant, and then Haller, Adiemi, and Malin up top. Kobel and goal, obviously. And on paper, what I would guess or who I would pick, I'm like, this is probably my ideal starting 11. Um, but yeah, as far as like tactics and, and performance, does like does it go back to the players not knowing what the tactics are, the players being confused, not knowing their roles or responsibilities? Is it a matter of still just trying to figure out this midfield with uh, Sabitzer, Brandt, and Chan? I mean, we... A big change here was we did see Brant come back into the middle of the park, uh, not playing out as wide as we've seen, which, again, that excited me uh, off the bat. Uh, but yeah, performance-wise, still not quite there. I would definitely agree with you that, again, on paper, this is arguably our best starting eleven, which is why it's frustrating that the team just has little to no cohesion at the moment from front to back almost any way you can you can put it. I mean, barring maybe we look a little bit more defensively sound and we're you know, we definitely built on that in the past several months, even going back to last season too. So that that's not that's something new. But in attack though, it just looks like we completely lost our way, again in contrast to the spring, when we were just lighting teams up. The three headed dragon, like you mentioned, ripping defenses apart. Adiemi is almost this is like a carbon copy of his false start uh, last season. And granted, he was coming back from injury, and I think he even came off against Leverkusen in his debut. But he still struggled for that first half of the season. And it looks like he's just kind of fallen into that same sort of problem, which is really unfortunate because I, I picture him as being as someone that you know can spend a good amount of his career at this club, uh, given he if he you know improves, uh, at least at a consistent level. But that's the thing. It's just he's consistently inconsistent. And I, I probably, honestly, I, I would have argued against this coming into this season because he finally picked up some form and it was consistent form for that pretty much entire spring. But it looks like he just completely lost that uh, this fall, which, again, is just frustrating. Um, you have Sabitzer that, of course, came off in the PSG game, but I think Royce definitely deserves more of a shout in this team so far. Uh, I mean, him and Fulcrook both did, did a lot of damage, I think, and... Um, got themselves involved. And I get Royce has taken a step back from his responsibility off the field, you know, being the face of the club, someone who can talk to the media and be that go-to person. I get he stepped away from that, but that doesn't mean he still isn't a vital aspect to this team from a sporting perspective. And he's shown a lot in just the few minutes that he had 
he has had that he's making good runs still. He's being that key that can unlock defenses. He's linking up the attack well. He scored a goal. Granted, it was a classic Royce goal where it's, you know, almost overcomplicated it too much and, and didn't score. But still, the veterans really showed their class today in this uh, in this Freiburg game and pulled us over the line because it was it was a lackluster performance. It was similar to what we've seen for the past few games now, where you know we score an early goal or two, and then we slowly fizzle out as the other as the opposition gains and grows in confidence, and then they just kind of rip the game from us either right before or after halftime, um, which is just it's 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 frustrating, man. Yeah, and on Royce, like I. It's a good point to mention, like, obviously he's stepped back. And I j- would just be interested to see if, in a way, like, Terzic is like, okay, you step back from captaincy, so we're just going to slowly fade you out. Because that's kind of what it feels like. Um, especially, like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the upcoming Wolfsburg game. Because if, I think if Royce doesn't start with Sabitzer going out, we don't, I don't know if we've got news yet, uh, if he's been training or if he's going to be ready for the weekend. It, he but, will not, too. It will no, be okay. about a... At least this weekend, he'll be out potentially the next. So with that, and given Mecha, who hasn't been fit, good enough to start, obviously, because Sabitzer's been getting the start, like Royce good better start bench either. Royce better start this weekend or I'm I'm going to have questions like, what is what is the, the purpose? Or we riot, Jake. We I'm absolutely gonna riot. I'm gonna riot. Kick my laptop, <laughs> kick all the trash cans. But really, because it, it, it doesn't surprise me if in Dortmund's mind and Terzic's mind, they're like, okay, we're like, they're doing kind of a fizzle fade out, which is terrible. And I don't know if that's real. That's just what I'm making up in my mind that they might be doing, but I think it's going to be really telling uh, this Wolfsburg match this weekend, because given his performances, given him what he's been able to uh, step on the pitch and do, unless again, the strategy is you are strictly an impact sub, but he's proves with that, with this last two performances that he should be starting. I don't care how old he is, uh, like the captaincy that even takes less pressure to where maybe he he can feel a little more free uh, on on the pitch and and just kind of play. And I don't know. I I hope we see him start this weekend. That's my Royce rant. Me- uh, I feel like I had other things to say, but that's that's I'll leave it right there. Full full crook too. I know we we talked a lot about being underwhelmed with that signing, but I think it it's more the signing a striker than full crew ne- necessarily when right, when we right. definitely need which we i have a lot to talk about the psg match but we need a center back we need some fullbacks uh we we need preferably someone who could play both maybe i don't, I don't know but. well going back to royce i would actually argue that it is not that subtle whatsoever of how they're trying to get push him out of the team i think it's more of a, a shove than like a slow fade and this is not exclusive to Marco Royce. This has happened with a numerous amount of Dortmund legends in the past, even very recently, of the club kind of showing the cold shoulder to someone who's invested a lot of themselves into the club for several years, if not a decade plus. I mean, Peace Check being a very glaring example that comes to mind for me first of how we just kind of stopped using him out of nowhere, even though he was still easily our best right back at 36, 37 years old. And he had to force his way back into that team. And I mean, like force his way. In. And so much of the fan base, I remember saying like, why is the man not playing? Finally got back into that Favre side and was a huge reason why we won the Pokal that year. That year. And um, of course, he's still capable of great things. So definitely agree with that. 
And again, the midfield is just close to non-existent at the moment. We need players like him to make the sort of runs, link up play, um, drive the ball forward. I mean, Royce has definitely sat deeper and deeper as he gets older, and he's adjusting his game a bit. He's not much more of the shadow striker anymore. Doesn't have necessarily the legs, but he still can be that leader. He tracks back. I mean, for God's sake, we said last year there were times where he was almost playing center back and, and bailing us out in defense. So he's definitely got the heart still and the IQ to be a good player on this team. Because, um, I mean, going back to the buildup from before, I, it's, it's again, it's just frustrating how incompetent and toothless we are in attack specifically to really uh, all... Any aspect of the field you can look at, actually, any area, but particularly in, in backup and in, in the buildup play. Again, you have Chan sitting a little higher, fine, which, you know, Terzic was wanting. He was saying he was sitting too deep, but Chan was thinking he was supposed to sit too deep, yada, yada. But I think it definitely, he should be higher up the field because, again, we don't have much of a, of a midfield at the moment. But, I mean, you dink it around once or twice between either Chan or the center halves, and then you hoof it up to the wings, and that's pretty much it. And that's what you, it was pretty carbon copy all game of against Freiburg of these just like recycled balls out into the wings and just being completely ineffective. So again, it, it begs the question of just like, is it the players that are not really getting or understanding or even listening, or is it coming from the coaching aspect? You know, I think we're probably going to get more of an answer as time goes on here soon. And back to Royce too, in, in that midfield and, and what's lacking, like, I get Emre Chan as captain. Like in, I, I'm sure he can give a, a crazy good speech in the pre-match huddle and in the locker room, and he gets fired up and all that. But like, what you miss with Royce or what Royce brings when he comes onto the pitch in this Freiburg match, especially when we need it, is to just like lead by example and just run everywhere and like show people what to do and yeah, just not like pick take up the five yellow cards in six games. <laughs> not get ejected uh but like you know what i mean like take control of the game and i just don't think chan has the skill set to do that he can he can lay a big tackle but he's not gonna just carry the ball through the midfield or get up there and score a goal unless it's a pk like it's just not gonna happen but that's what you had with bellingham like even at such a young age he was a guy who could take control of the game and that's what you can get with royce i i feel like we even saw that in the psg like just his I know PSG game wasn't great, but like just I felt so much more comfortable with Royce coming on and bringing that like I've been here. I've I've been in the Champions League. I've got a ton of experience. Like he knows what to do in those moments where I think that's really lacking with Chan just from like an experience and like skill set standpoint. Or at least consistently, you know, I mean, I definitely remember plenty of moments in, in just his stint here of him driving the ball forward, of progressing play, uh, scoring from set pieces or hell. I mean, he's no stranger to shooting from range as well, and he's got a few bangers in his locker. But, I mean, when's the last time you've seen that kind of stuff? I, I think he's... Um, Wolfsburg I don't wanna, I don't, in two years ago. The what end was of, that? Uh, uh, Emre Chan outside the box. It's when we beat Wolfsburg 6-1. I think, yeah, Leipzig too recently, if I'm scored. not wrong. Um, and of course, his debut too against uh, Leverkusen. But uh, anyway, I mean, his he just he looks like he's definitely taken a step back. I'll say this season so far. I don't know if it's too much of the pressure from captaincy. I'm not sure. Um, you want to run through some of these goals real quick? So we have 
first goal off the set piece from Hummels. Hummels got, like you said, mentioned the brace this game. 30 minutes after the half hour mark, we slowly fizzle out again, which I, which I mentioned before, they get two right before halftime. It's the most annoying time to concede a goal, let alone two. Um, but you come out showing a slightly different face in the second half, Malin netting one being one of the very few consistent bright spots this season. So far, I was uh, a little skeptical that he was going to be able to continue his run of form from the spring, but it's been a pleasant surprise that he is continuing that, that, uh, that goal scoring threat. Um, that was the one that was set up with full Krug, right? Yeah. Where, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a beautiful goal. Yeah. And full Krug just looks like he's a bit more hungry at the moment. You know, I, I feel like I don't think it's necessarily like a physical thing anymore with Hilaire. It, it's more of just his attitude and he's, it he doesn't look like he's too alert uh, hungry, aggressive. Um, I mean, he shows moments, sure, but I think Fulcroke is just a bit more turned on at the moment, and I, I do that with my hand, and that was actually unintentional. But it looks like he does that like pre thing or pre, I don't even know, a routine. I'll say whenever he comes on the field, where he like turns himself on. It's, I did. It's, I did. It looks see like that, that at had, least. I could be I wrong. Had, That's just speculation. I had no idea what was happening, <laughs> but I did. See That's just that. what it looked like to me, I guess. But <laughs> either way, he looks more turned on. Um, and you notice that, of course, this Fry- not not only the Freiburg game, but the PSG game as well. Yeah, I mean, Malin is obviously exciting. Like we we've got multiple goals from him in in games. Like he's been the bright spot up top. Um, Adiemi Haller, like yeah, you just don't know what's what's going on up there. I don't know if there was like if it's something is switched tactically. Like I don't know what's changed. Like it felt like they found their groove, and. I don't know why that that hasn't continued. Obviously, stuff changes in the off season, I, but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a weird tactical thing, or it is just like the the midfield not being able to work properly uh, to to feed that. Because we are doing a lot of you saw this a lot in the PSG game, but the just like kicking the ball and it's like we got two fast guys, let's let them be fast. Yeah, but it doesn't always work. Um, it's it. I would definitely say it's multifactorial of it, the reason why you know that front three is just not clicking at the moment. But so, uh, ripped it away at the very end of the game here with Hummels, of course, with another goal, uh, just having that drive and, and taking the initiative to poke one in at the end. I honestly, not at like, you know, uh, in retrospect, but uh, live, it looked like almost like a foul at first just because he was throwing himself into the keeper. But yeah, just barely got it over the line. And again, man, the, the veterans really just pulling this game by the scruff of the neck and, and pulling the whole team up and throwing it on their shoulders. Yeah, and then Royce in the uh, in in stoppage course, time, just yeah. a little yeah. little cherry on top, little maybe a little proven that uh yeah we can I can get this done. And again, like the veterans thing, obviously Hummel's brace, Royce gets his goal, but then also the Mullen goal, like that's a big uh that's full crew create creates right. like it was a nice one too, but full crew is is in that too, so. I do like this, like these experienced guys just being like, Hey, let us, let us run with it. Like, let, let, give us the chance. And, and I know like they're getting their chance off the bench, but it's like, maybe that's where like Wolfsburg, do we see because of Haller's performances? Like, do we see full crew start up top? I say yes yeah. at this point, like, why not? Um, and we saw them come on in PSG Hummels. Uh, if, if he's got the stamina to go again, to play three games in a week, Three games in maybe eight days because I guess they played last Friday. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I already said I want Royce in the midfield. Um, another shout too, like, and this is just for both matches, but Reyna, I know he, he's coming back from an injury. 
Uh, he did play in, during the international break with the U23s. He got 60 minutes. Um, so that's like one, two, or, or like where I'm questioning like why maybe he just needs some more time. Maybe he's not quite ready yet, but uh, hopefully I guess we see him this weekend because I know people have mixed feelings about Geo too. Obviously, as Americans, then we're, we're more Geo fans. But I like until he's injured again, like give him the chance, let him go because we've seen him do some really good stuff, especially in the in the midfield for USA. So why not? Like he he's a shot for that midfield slot too when we desperately need something. Definitely agree. Yeah, and I think it is just a matter of him needing more time. But uh, yeah, of course. So we won the four two against Freiburg away. It's big three points at the end of the day. Terzic lives to fight another day and survive there. Now we go into Paris away for the first game of the Champions League uh, campaign this year. Lineup comes out, and we've seen this before. You know, five at the back. Um, we played when we've played defensive against teams in the past and recently in the past too. I mean, you can go back to like City last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was at home, if I'm not wrong. Or, I mean, both games, but, I mean, at home, too. But So, it, it, this isn't too foreign. I wasn't necessarily too worried, even though it, it is more defensive-looking. It doesn't mean you cannot attack. But you would expect, again, the performance to be a bit more courageous. I mean, these these a lot of these players are winners. We've said that for a while now. This club has been adding more of the winners to the team so we can have a bit more of that bite. And you almost saw the complete opposite of this game is it, it was a team that was scared a little. Um, I don't want to say confused, but uh, lost the word for it. Timid reserved. Sure. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so the lineup, like, yeah, we have seen this kind of backfire before. I, I think back to city is where it was more uh, kind of similar to what we saw against city. Like you mentioned um, last season, but Rearson left back slaughter back Hummels and Sule in the middle. All three of our center backs. All three German internationals. All three playing in a single game, uh, which I want to rant about a little bit. Wolf playing right back. Uh, Kobel in goal, obviously. Sabitzer, Chan, and Brantz in the middle again. And then Malin and Adiemi up top. Um, mentioned it earlier, but this was very much kick the ball. Let's let our fast guys chase it down. Um, and that, that can work. Like we've seen... We've seen it work occasionally, but it seemed like that was the only plan almost. And it just, guess what? PSG's fast too. They got a <laughs> bunch of fast guys. And it, like you're, it, yeah, just, just didn't quite work. I mean, Hakimi, of, of course, can catch up to any, either of those two players. Marquinhos isn't slow. Skriniar is, is not, I'm not saying these, those two center halves are fast, but they're definitely not slow center halves. And of course, Theo, or Lucas Hernandez, said Theo, Lucas Hernandez, has got some pace to him too. So, I mean, they can neutralize that threat of Mellon and Adeyemi relatively quickly if they stay organized. And it's not too hard with Adeyemi given his um, inability to really hit the ground at all um, this, this season so far. Um, I mean, that the first half defensively sound again, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect by any means, wasn't watertight, but I mean, we shut down a lot of their chances, didn't really let them have any sight on goal. Uh, what was the first half XG? It's points, oh, they had 0.7, so it's a little bit more than I anticipated, honestly. But they still, I mean, I think the defense still looked pretty good. It was just the the problems or the issues, again, were in attack, in possession. Yeah, there were a lot of moments I remember where 
I mean, whether it insert center back, Schlotterback, Hummels, Sule, like all uh, were able to shut down like Mbappe and Dembele, like, or like have some nice recoveries and, and make like last ditch tackles uh, before they could even get a cross off or, or blocking a shot. Like there are a lot of good moments from our center backs. Um, and as you said, like pretty defensively sound, uh, the issue was then moving it down the other end. Um, but yeah, like first half I, I was, I was optimistic. Obviously we're playing defensively. We're not creating a lot of chances, but to just shut them down champions league on the road at PSG, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be like a, I would say a like decent, I know this isn't a, a leg. This is just home and away in the group stage, but it's like even losing one at PSG probably isn't the worst, like losing by one goal. Uh, but first half, that's why like I had some confidence. Like we just looked pretty solid defensively. And walking out of there with a draw was what I was thinking, best case scenario. Yeah. Uh, just from from how our attacks were looking in the first half. Uh, and then, unfortunately, start of the second half, unfortunate handball call with Sule, um, which is just kind of like, what What are you going to, what can you do? Literally, no one knows what a handball is. Literally, no one. And how many times has it been called against us, too, those exact same type of plays? I mean... Uh, I mean, you can go back to during the lockdown we played, and, and I guarantee everyone knows what I'm talking about. During the uh, COVID game, we played Bayern, and Boateng goes down. That looked a hell of a lot more intentional than what Sule was doing, and it caught his elbow. No penalty there. And then you have, of course, Sule coming down. I mean, he's got his, uh, what was it? I think it was his left arm that was flailing out. I mean, that's that's a whole different ball game, but his right arm is what was falling down and it's closer to his side and he's already on his way down. So again, what are you expecting Sule to do there? What can a defender do when they're falling down? And if the, the principle is the arm should be at the side or behind, like you're jockeying at all times, that's a dangerous game to play going forward, having as the rule, whenever a player is falling down and, I just, I just wanted to be consistent, man. I mean, even going back to literally, which now people are probably not going to know what we're talking about, but last night against LAFC, we had a game here in St. Louis and Chiellini was going down, hit his arm, no penalty. They, they initially called it, but then they went back, overturned it with VAR. It just, it's just back and forth. I just, there's no consistency. There's anywhere. no consistency. Bundesliga, Premier League, MLS, it doesn't matter. No it's one just, knows what a handball is. No it's one. It's like what they want to decide in the moment. Because you'll see it goes, you'll see it go both ways in a single game. Like you'll right, see one right. called and then one not called, and it'd be the exact same scenario or a very similar circumstance. It's just, it's just outrageous. And yeah, like tucking your arms behind your back is just kind of impossible. That is not, if they want to talk natural, unnatural, your arm shouldn't be away from your body. It is way more unnatural to tuck your arms into your body when you're freaking running. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely when you're falling. Falling down. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Annoying as hell. Cobalt was so close. He was was. so close. He was. I was, and they even said on the broadcast, like Cobalt's face, I think it was like he's faced two PKs uh, in the Champions League and he's blocked both. which is pretty nuts, but yeah, I couldn't quite, couldn't quite get it, but he was close to saving this one. Yeah. And if we weren't looking deflated already, that's whenever it really started to just kind of slip away from us. And of course they score again, uh, less than 10 minutes later, this time just kind of walking down the field and into our box. Hakimi, it was a very nice goal. I won't deny that, but 
the run was not tracked by none other than Felix Mecha, who we haven't mentioned yet, but he came on for an injured Sabitzer on the 14th minute. I don't think you have to mention him. I don't think he touched the ball. We knew this was going to happen. I mean... And I went, okay, when watching this game, when it seemed like it wasn't going well, again, I, I was like, I was watching him a lot. And I mentioned this in the last episode we did. I'm watching him to try to see what he's doing. And it's a whole lot of nothing. Like he just, I just watch him run up and down the field and he's never, it doesn't seem like he's in the right position. He's not in the right position to intercept the ball. He's not in, in the right position to direct the play or like, or, uh, add anything or be in the way in, influence the pl- run of game that's what the word i'm trying to use mm-hmm. he's not in in any position to influence anything i feel like he didn't even have a pass i like i don't i i should have looked up i want to look up how many touches he had i didn't look it up because i knew he probably had more than i thought but i just like he had, he had 50 no i don't believe it <laughs> who had fake news i, fake I bet news. jamie bino gittens had 50 touches on the ball Want to be proven wrong again? No. <laughs> you don't want to know. It's you're going to be wrong. Twenty-five. <laughs> it's eight. <laughs> well, they were way more impactful in the matches. They were. They were. And going back, did Metro run Jake? Did he, or did he just kind of frolic around the field? I mean, do you have his that's distance covered or his speed? No, <laughs> I don't have the distance covered. Um, but like, that's what is just. I mean, I, I don't like the guy, but like, that's what is from a sporting perspective. What's really frustrating is like, you would expect this man. He said, and he said in the interview, like, oh, af- after the whole horse shit of my posts were taken out of context, then he went on to say, like, I just want to be given the chance. I just want to be given the chance to prove myself. I want to work hard. I want to play hard. And the well, man not. just looks like he does not give a shit. He's so lazy. And you know, and everyone knows this at, at, at a certain level of, of being a, a footballer, you know, professional or not, if you're going to be someone who is maybe not that fit or is just is tired at the moment, more exhausted, you sit back more. You don't necessarily stop being or start being a lazy player in defense. It's, it's whenever you're in attack. And the man has never tracked that run for the second goal for PSG. He did not track the run. He just kind of frolicked around, didn't care. Uh, he won a few aerial duels, I guess. That's like the only positive I could really think of. But yeah, when he was on the ball too, he didn't do too much. Uh, it was close to invisible, if not getting in the way. Remember, he also blocked Royce's shot too, which is a complete lack of spatial awareness. <laughs> yeah, in the face nice. Um, and I, I will reiterate, I, I will probably do this for a while, but because uh, I mentioned it in the last episode too, there's a lot of reasons not to like Mecha, and I'm. You kind of you talked you touched on it briefly, but like strictly, I'm strictly coming at this from a sporting perspective and from what I've seen in the matches because I'm trying to give him the chance and I'm trying to focus and watch him on the field and he's proved nothing. Like the last few matches, just nothing. Like like I said, he has no impact on the game. He did. There was he did track Timbele on a a breakaway and caught up to him. I was like, okay, he's pretty fast. He got up, like caught up with Dembele, and yeah, I when think he wants blocked to be. A, blocked a pass. But it's like, yeah, like that was the one moment that stood out to me as a positive. But I'm like, okay, start using that speed, start getting on the ball more, start, I don't know, do anything. But besides that, yeah, there was nothing. And I, I was really hoping Royce. I was pretty upset that 
Brant subbed off, and I get he was probably tired because he's played these back-to-back matches too, but I right. was really hoping Royce would come on for Mecha and not Brant. And I yeah. understand, like, you usually don't do that. Like, you don't sub a sub, but you've seen it happen on, oh, it- on few occasions, and this one, I feel like, get him out of there. Like I would have absolutely done yeah. that. I, I don't see, and I think that's just maybe Terzik being... Uh, I mean, Brant need, wanting- needs a break, but right. at that point, like if you're if you're trying to get back into the game seriously, I guess Terzik is trying to prove to everyone that he made the right decision, not only with the signing but bringing him on this game and keeping him on, which is just pretty boneheaded from Terzik. Because I absolutely agree, I would have taken Mecha off, but I mean, two we didn't start looking dangerous in attack at all until really Royce and and Fulcro came on. Uh, I mean. And JBG, of course, too. Like you're saying, they should be starting this weekend. All three of them, really. They have, you know, they have the more, like the courage to actually go out and and try to drive the ball forward and and make things happen. I was sorry. I was looking at uh, Matt Mecha stats, and I I'm flabbergasted right now. He got seven point five on Fat Mob. I don't like this. It's all yeah, I don't know what game they were watching. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if you want to just look at his stats and be like, if anyone wants to come at me in the ads and say, oh, blah, 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 whatever you no, want to say, I don't there's care. Nothing really Go to back justify. and watch. Tell me you watch that game and, and think that he seriously had an impact. Yeah, uh, JBG, though, love him. Love seeing him come on and almost created a goal immediately, <laughs> uh, which was, was great to see. Um, can we talk about our center backs, though? Because. Yeah, I just, we obviously. I just want, oh yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say, I mean, there's no reason that Eddie Emmy should get minutes over JBG this weekend. No, if if JBG is fully fit to go, then because I know he, I don't think he was fit at the start of the season, uh, but he's he's here now. He came on. He should be good to go. If if you're on the bench, then you should be good enough for 90. I think. Um, so, I mean, I'm not a sports fitness coach by any means, but if you're gonna put someone on the bench. Uh, then they be, better be ready to go. So yeah, him, he should come in for Adiyemi, definitely. But speaking of rotation and speaking of depth and people who need breaks, we have three center backs. We've talked about this a lot. And one thing in the early part, start of the season, we're still early part of the season, start of the season, when we talked about our center back issues, only having three, literally, I didn't even consider, I didn't even think about getting the Champions League and having like three matches in a week long period. Yeah. And and then we're going to play defensively and play all three of our center backs when two of them already played on the weekend. And guess what? Two of them are going to have to play this weekend. I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that since March. <laughs> like what how? Just wait till one of them gets and, injured, and Jake. One of them's 34. <laughs> I love Hummels, but I've said it. He's not going to last. He, and especially playing if he has to play three matches in a week, that's not going to happen. Almost can't play this weekend. He needs to sleep. His body's got to recover. <laughs> what is going to what, what this this? How are we going to survive the season? Because what happens when one of them goes down and we want to play three three at the back again? I mean, we're that's not him. going to. We can't. But we can't. There's no way we're going to get anywhere in the Champions League with these three center backs. Nope. I mean, if at least if we keep playing like that, especially with that sort of system too. And th- this is nothing new. I mean, again, this and is it's the fruits not, of the labor of the board. And it's not harping on our center backs. I love our center backs. It's the fact that we only have three of them. Yeah. And you, you just and can't three do full that. Backs. You just can't do that. Yeah, that's another issue. 
Well, where, one of them's really just a wing back too, so two, but two two fullbacks who both prefer to play on the left. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's a whole nother thing cuz we yeah, we didn't see that man, we talked it's just rinse and repeat, say the same things week after week, but then it's like it was not easier, but it was obvious to complain about it preseason cuz it's just a, a that's just a roster issue, but then when you actually get into the actually like trying to have a squad to just compete in a match and yeah our our next right back is wolf who's really a winger and that when we're trying to rotate one out like it's just move one to the other side and then have wolf who's kind of a winger i feel like he's done great things as fullback like in the last season he he did some good things um, or maybe beginning of the last season, I don't remember. But it's just that's not it's just not ideal, and it's not it's not going to last. It's not going to work. No, it's it's hasn't been, and it won't be sustainable. Oh, that's all. That's all I have. A lot of ranting for me this time. <laughs> that's fine. It's kind of needed. I, again, I I did. I'm just kind of letting it bounce off me right now because Carver's like, no shit, Jay. Where I, have I, you I been knew, this, this whole going to happen? I knew. I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not saying everything was expected, but a lot of it is. A lot of it is. Back home uh, this weekend against Wolfsburg. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So moving on, uh, we are back home this weekend. Wolfsburg Saturday morning kickoff is 9:30 Eastern time. Um, and then the next, the, we do have a week off from Champions League. Next Champions League match isn't until October fourth. I think we have Hoffenheim between uh, there. Uh, no. from... Yes, Hoffenheim. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the following Friday. Um, so at least some guys will get some rest. But again, like this weekend, I don't know. It's going to have to be Sule and Schlotterbeck. I'm guessing because almost needs a break. And then yeah, it's just it's not this isn't sustainable but we do have volsberg at home this weekend hopefully they'll get the guys will be up for it hopefully we see royce jbg full krug starting up top um i didn't ask i wasn't planning to ask starting 11 but i basically just gave the rotations i want to see carver do you have anything to add to uh ideal starting 11 not not to the starting 11 but the opposition volsberg i mean they continue to really build on this on this core group of players that uh, kovac has been cooking up here the past year uh, now you have at, you know at the top of the um, at the focal point of their attack jonas vind i mean he's actually starting to finally score some goals this is his third season in the league but he's now really starting to pick up some confidence and you have some great midfielders behind them as well i mean patrick vimmer i I thought we should have gotten him whenever he initially left Bielefeld. I think he would have been a good addition to the squad. And of course, I think, um, oh, actually, no, that's, it, was, it was Brian who uh, talked up, if I'm not wrong, Brian, uh, Lovro Meyer, the Croatian center midfielder. Uh, of course, now he's been he's been pretty solid too this, this season. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, a, a good, decent Bundesliga heavyweight clash. Um, again, my expectations are pretty low, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we'd come out and batter him six six zero because sometimes we like to do that against Wolf- Wolfsburg. As I say, we, we do a- we do usually batter Wolfsburg at home. Yeah, but this time we have Mecha, so I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> yeah, secret agent Mecha. Uh, okay. Before we wrap up, I know we're both feeling pretty down, and that's all I'm going to say is like I don't know if Carver like where where is the club at 
we don't have to get like speak on it too long, but it just seems like we're not on a positive tra- trajectory, uh, which is so unfortunate after the end of the last season. And I mean, the end of last season was very unfortunate, but we, we had high, high expectations uh, for the summer. And now it's just off to this poor start. Obviously we had not a, the best start last, last year either, but um, yeah, it's just, we're, poor like i'm it's hard to be excited right now i'm not asking you to make me excited but i just also want to know like your where do you how do you feel or what could well, possibly change how we're it, all feeling I guess. it's not gonna i don't think it's really gonna change until the board opened their eyes i mean Vatska said the other day um there's a quote that said the start of the season was not bumpy actually we have eight points in four games and if we extrapolate that we have 60.8 points and then we are where we are always are then we are where we always are. So it's just, they're, they're completely blinded by ignorance is what I'm saying. The board, I mean, for a while now, I think a lot of people have had their problems with Vatska, but um, the last year or so, I've really started to to jump on that side as well. The man is clearly not fit to run this club right now, at least anymore. Um, I, it's just, it's not going to get any better at the moment. It's We're still, we're still... <laughs> We're still uh, in the dark side of things. Yeah, it's just hard to be. It's just hard to be excited. It's hard to be excited to watch a match. Like I just, I don't know. But that's us. That's we're Dortmund fans, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. I don't have anything inspirational to say except that we're like, okay, that's why we do this podcast so we can vent and talk about it and have a nice therapy session every week. And we appreciate you guys being part of it. Clubs go through, you know, ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. We're going to be up and down. It's no reason to obviously stop supporting the club. I'm not saying we are by any means, but I'm just saying it's just not an excuse really for anyone who does uh, call themselves one. And, and we'll come back up eventually. It's just this is, it looks like it's just going to be one of those seasons where it's going to be transition and uh, the club is really trying to figure some things out right now after losing yet another big money name. Yeah. One thing that does always get me excited, though, is and gets me hyped up, and I think why I really like got on board with Dortmund and, and love supporting them is like doesn't matter how we're playing, doesn't matter how shitty the board is, or our coaches, or anything. Like every time we have a home game, and I see the freaking yellow wall and just that like that stadium, I've not been there. Unfortunately, coverage been there a couple times. Uh, but even just like seeing it on TV and seeing all the support and like the passion that everyone has, I'm like, dang, these fans are crazy and I freaking love them. And that's what gets me the most excited, I think, is, is seeing their passion and excitement even through the ESPN stream is uh, it, and like the fact that we're still doing this podcast and it, it continues to grow and everything. Uh, obviously, you guys like feel the same and which is that that's the exciting part. It's it's everyone who listens, everyone who gets to go to the stadium every week. And that's what makes this club great. Not necessarily the shitty players and the shitty board sometimes, but it's it's the people. So there's uh, there's nothing like it. I mean, the atmosphere that those fans produce is truly breathtaking. It will shatter any and all expectations someone might have for a sporting atmosphere. And outside of the sporting perspective, I mean, just the culture of the club. I'm not talking about the board. But I'm talking to the actual community of people and and just. The uh, the overall unity. I mean, it's it's a working man's club. Um, you know these these people they live and breathe the sport, 
and of course they live and breathe the, the town and its history and again there's just nothing like it man it's it's cool to be a part of and it's it's really fun to witness yep. so with that we'll just wrap up and we'll have another therapy session uh next week and yeah. we, we do have carver i'm gonna plug it this time we got some exciting guests coming up um soon so stay tuned for that uh again follow us on twitter and instagram uh at the bvb pod if you don't have socials you want to reach out say hi or complain or vent you can also email us the bvpodcast at gmail.com and you can find everything you could ever imagine if you want to find a local supporters group in your area or find people to support with you uh, you can find all that in the description of this episode we appreciate you guys listening and we will see you later